Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Hi, Sarah. Hi there. Another podcast week. So glad we've connected. So glad to have you here. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kit Yoon was on the podcast, who's also an LCS coach. Um, actually, before we started recording, I was talking to you about like discussing the model and how it plays in with intuition and knowing and spirit. And mm. Kit is one of the people I've really talked about that a lot with. So. Amazing. I love, uh, I love having you here. Sarah is another fellow life coach school coach and also a, I just watched your video about the Redwoods. Mm. So for those listening, I can link to the video, but another spiritual deep thinking in touch with nature and the world kind of woman. Mm-hmm. Thank so you so welcome, much for me. Sarah Trapkis. I'll let you in, introduce yourself and just say, like, who are you? How'd you get here? What's next? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a spiritual being in a human body, and I got here by following my inner compass. There you go. <laughs> end, of, end of podcast. <laughs> um, and, well, I'm a, I'm a mom of three children. I am a partner to Sean, who we've been together for about 15 years. I'm a land steward. We have 38 acres up in Northern California in Humboldt Mm. County on the coast. It's quite lovely here. And I'm a spiritual guide. Um, Some people refer to me as a life coach. (laughs) Um, And that is true, but it really goes much deeper than that. And I help women who are often in leadership physicians have their own businesses, are also mothers, and do all the things, Um, remember their own truth and who they are and get to be and help them expand into their higher selves so that they don't need to rely on anything outside of themselves to make decisions about where they get to go next or what what the meaning of their own life is or who they are. They, They get to really be resourceful from what is within and really beyond. Yeah. So good. Well, when I invited you on here, I said, Hey, let's have a conversation about stepping into, into your higher self, which the words don't sound right there, but like, um, moving into your next shift Mm -hmm. after abortion, because I feel like I talk a lot on the podcast and a lot to my clients about how abortion is this deep, raw, vulnerable transition that we move through and then we're born into this new version of ourselves, whether we like it or not. (laughs) So I had, I like my first invitation to you onto the podcast was let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it looks like to step into the next shift in your life, to become the next layer of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm super glad to have you here for that perspective. 
but also this morning I opened something you'd written about misunderstandings and feeling misunderstood. And I thought, shoot, now we have so much to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> because I think that part of the stigma around abortion is feeling misunderstood. Like people are judging me without understanding what I went through. So there's, there's an, I, I would argue there is an actual misunderstanding happening between me and a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. And then there's that feeling of being misunderstood. And for a lot of women after abortion, that results in some kind of hiding. Yes. Some kind of making yourself smaller, mm-hmm. not stepping into that next shift of mm-hmm. who you are, not taking the opportunity um, with something as powerful as abortion to use it to, <laughs> this is where like <laughs> this language, if you're new to listening to me can be intense, but like to use it to your advantage, right? It's like, I say my abortion was a gift. Like I literally use it to my advantage. It made me stronger. It made me more powerful. Mm. And then some people are like, you're telling women they have to have an abortion to become stronger and more powerful. Mm. No, I'll let you just sit with that on your own. (laughs) But I think that we have such an opportunity as women who've been through this to come out in a way we just never dreamed possible. Okay, so tell me your thoughts about all that. Well, the first thing that come that I want to say is that power is generated through choice. So whether <sighs> you choose to keep your child or you your, what you've conceived in the form of um, a being in your body as a woman, mm-hmm. whether you choose to keep that physical form and bring it into life or not, it's the, it's the decision that you make that creates the power. Mm. So I would say that if you are truly leaning into the higher guidance of your higher self and you get to decide what's true for yourself in your life. And I think as women, we are always conceiving, Yeah. whether it's children or ideas (sighs) or, um, visions, Mm. it is just part of who we are to conceive. Mm. And so let's just like take an eagle's eye view of what this really looks like as, you know, spiritual beings in human form. We also have free will. Yeah. Right. So especially right now, I think, and we were talking about this earlier before you press the record button, how there's so much going on. There's the interwebs of all the things that especially as women, especially as empathic beings that we are aware of on a spiritual, physical, mental, emotional level, we are, we are aware of it all. And so we get to use our free will to decide and make choices about how we want to move forward in our life. And, and oftentimes we are being guided by our higher selves, mm-hmm. but we're just not conscious of it. And this is where like the bridge that we get to gap, it's like between being aware, consciously aware and not is where we can reduce so much of that misunderstanding within ourselves. So why do I make a choice to not bring forth this life? Because of what else wants to be conceived? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good question. What else wants to be conceived? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so <laughs> there's, a ch- there's power and choice in deciding what that is. I'm also hearing like the conception of the new you happens in this event of abortion, right? Mm. But the gestation of it could be three months, could be nine months, could be 30 years before the new you is born. Yeah. Wow. Where are you in, which cycle are you in yeah. and where are you in that cycle? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that physical material of a pregnancy that is in an abortion extracted or let go of released. But this piece of you stepping, being invited to this next version of yourself who you can't run away from. You can't just say, I'm going to go back and be the same. It's literally impossible. And I see that struggle a lot. People are like, I just want to return to normal. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this pandemic right now. Like there is no return to normal. Like normal is the next evolution. We don't know what that is, Mm -hmm. but why would we even want to go back to normal when we can go back to better than normal? Like the next expansion of normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. When you were talking about how, when, if you're making the choice to have an abortion and you just want to go back to who you were before. Yeah. It's a sep- there's a separation that happens because yes. no matter what, what pregnancy offers is an invitation into a, into a new you. Yeah. And there's a, and I want to talk about surrender a little bit here because one of my favorite words, yes, because when you are carrying something that you can't, you have no idea what it is. Yeah. Like you really have no control over who is this person? What is this idea? What, what, what is this formlessness that wants to be brought into form through me? Again, I'm talking about like, whether it's a child or a, or not a child intentionally, there's still something there that gets to be realized. That's a Mm. co-creative invitation. And so there is a, letting go of how we think it's supposed to be. So when we are yes. in reality and we're like, I just want to go back to how I was like, this thing happened. It's traumatic, right? Yes. And that's because of all the stigma and the, and the self-judgment and, and just bumping up against, you know, society's ideas about what's right and wrong. We shut ourselves off from the opportunity to co-create what's next for us in our lives. And so really it's about allowing the emotions that emerge with a choice and being willing to be uncomfortable and asking the qualities of those emotions, that discomfort, that shame, that misunderstanding, that fear, that, that shut down and saying small, what does it need? Yeah, I guarantee it has nothing to do with the abortion. Yeah. 
it always has to do with ourselves. And that is, that's where we get to evolve into the next iteration of who we are. So I was going to ask you earlier when you were talking about, you know, we decide and make choices. And one of the things I see many women in my community, people in my community face is, okay, I made a decision, but now I don't like it anymore. And I can't go back. Like, I can't get that baby back. I can't get that pregnancy back. And so as we continued talking, I'm wondering, is there an attachment to who you were linked with that, like, need to believe you made the wrong decision? Like, I wonder, I'm just like, it's all kind of like turning in my head right now as we talk, but there's some connection to like, yeah believing you made the wrong choice but really you just want to go back to who you were yeah it's like yeah you want to go back to who you were before you felt this pain yeah yeah and um what feels like it wants to be said is it's you want to go back to where you were because of what's around the corner, what you can't see is very scary because of the inherent understanding that you're going to face letting go of all the things that you're currently attached to. And we, and we want, I think in the um, circumstance of abortion and, and and how so many of us perceive that as a loss, or regret in this case, like I want to undo my decision and I can't. Yeah. Um, we're really speaking to that fear that is surfaces when we are, when we're, when we're about to expand into the next version of ourselves. Yes. And it's always an unknown. <laughs> yes. Um, we, I we, think, yeah, go ahead. We get to remember what our compelling reason was for making the decision in the first place. Yeah, that's a huge piece of my work is going because of abortion. And you've already told me that you have not had one. So I'm, you know, that's not something you can speak to personally. But there's like, um, I just totally lost my words. What were you saying right before that? Just the fear of of what we have to let go of our attachments to what we're, it's really our self-identity of what our life yeah. is. This is what my life is because of these tangible things that I can attach to that yeah. help define who I am. And when we make such a big, a choice that changes either way. Oh, that's what you were saying. Go back to that choice. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's like when you experience an abortion, there's a lot of it's really hard for most people to slow down and experience it because there's timelines and there's appointments and it's like, you've got to make your decision before this date or this date or this date and like get in the clinic whenever you can find an appointment. And there's not a lot of time for most people to slow down. So it becomes this very rushed thing. And to even just to take the time to go back to that moment when you knew what you had to do. 
to go back to that clarity. People forget so quickly that there was a moment that they made a choice for a life that didn't involve that pregnancy continuing. Yeah. Just so easy to forget that, particularly with abortion, because it's, it's a fairly rushed experience for most people and chaotic. And there's lots of opinions and there's like the medical side of it and the emotional side of it. And so to, if, if nothing else as a woman who's had an abortion to just go back and go, why did I decide that? Like, what was the life I chose that for? Yes. When you were talking earlier about the fear of expansion, it reminded me of like in business world, we'll just say, like the fear of success mm-hmm. and the fear of power in this case. And like knowing how powerful you are as a woman, like power is interpreted as such a like intense masculine thing in our culture. And so of course we're like afraid of recognizing that we made this gigantically powerful decision for our lives. And so there's some fear of expanding into that power that you actually have and that you, you don't just have, you yield it. Like you used your power to say, this is not right for me. I understand intellectually that it could involve another human being and that technically it involves two other human beings because somebody else's sperm made that baby. But I'm going to yield my power, which is a thing as a woman I'm not used to doing in the world. Yeah. And so there's this, the fear of expansion is like fear of that power and that like, what else am I capable of? Yeah. Yeah, It's really scary. That when we feel fear for that power, it's a really awesome invitation to understand what power actually feels like in your body. Yeah. And that it's something that you actually have control over and you can use a dial to Mm. kind of turn it up and turn it down. And I can, so correct. I have not made the choice to have an abortion, but I did make the choice to have three children. Yeah. That was a choice. So it's, you know, my pregnancies didn't quote unquote happen to me. They were intentional decisions made with my partner. And so there was power in that choice. And I, so on the other side of that coin there, I still faced, I bumped up against like, holy, and then I got pregnant. Yeah easily. And that's not the story for so many people. So there's like, when we talk about pregnancy and conception and choices and abortion, like this is such a big topic. And (laughs) what I'm feeling right now is that at the center of it, one of the greatest qualities is power. Yeah. Yeah. Like my womb can create life Mm -hmm. is it's like hard to even wrap your head around. And even if it doesn't create physical life, yeah. as women, make no mistake, we still use that space yes. in our bodies. It's an energy <laughs> source of power. So when I work with yes. my clients and we are tapping into their power and often 
they think their power is something just like automatic, their automatic unconscious belief is that power comes from their thought. Yeah. And what they believe. And it's like this intellectualizing, it's this very masculine energy of figuring it out and then doing what you figure out. And this creates exhaustion. So our will can only take us so far, right? Which we turn into an intellectualizing this, this power of will. And that's what we drive forward with. And we're like, oh, this is, I'm burning out. When, I, when we actually tap into where power is in the body, for so many of my clients, it is in that womb space. Yeah. And it's more of a, it's a sustainable, infinite, accessible energy that where true creation emerges from. Yeah. Um, I think orgasm, right, is like a space that you can like consciously be aware of the intensity of that, like (laughs) that area, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's going to apply to women who decide to carry pregnancies or not, right? It's like, that's an opportunity for you to feel the intensity in that center in your center in that way yes and 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 so perfect example using orgasm it's how can you make power pleasurable yes oh my gosh so good (laughs) and not see it as something to be feared or that you yeah somehow um you know are wielding power that you actually don't deserve or aren't yeah too much for you or you're not sure how it's like let's just surrender to our own divine right to be powerful and have it be mm. pleasurable and to guide us mm-hmm. yeah and sex and pleasure is a whole nother conversation after mm-hmm. abortion that's very different than other mm-hmm. times in your life and that's I never really made the connection to like literally there is that physical reminder of that strength and that power and the pleasure in your body and there's so much like so many women who like don't believe they deserve that kind of pleasure and power in their life again Mm -hmm. because they made a choice that they're still attached to having been the wrong one Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and that's a shadow yeah that's um part of that web that we're we're tapped into in our society of thinking that um there's a right and a wrong way to do things and it's really just we get to decide what's right and wrong for ourselves yeah um yeah I, I, it's so interesting i can personally like i you know i've had three children i do not want any more children and I have found that um, my partner and I were having the conversation about a vasectomy earlier this year, you know, in late winter. And for the first time, you know, I was speaking from a place of power. I was speaking from a place of pleasure. Like, I want to enjoy intimacy with you without being worried about getting pregnant. Um, And he was like starting to really integrate that desire of mine into his own body and take responsibility and receiving my request for him. Yeah. 
let's leave my body alone. And looks like, let's talk about you and yours. And he was like about to, we we're about to start that process. And then the pandemic hit and all non-essential procedures were, um, you know, no longer being considered. Um, now I think that's changed and he's in the middle of his busiest season where he really depends on his physical body. And so that conversation's on the back burner and my own power and pleasure that I've historically shared with him has definitely been dimmed down. Yeah. The fear of getting pregnant when you don't want to is real. It's so real. And we certainly had a, we were done. I mean, we had three, two and knew we were done. Certainly the vasectomy conversation came up, but he had fear and I let him have it and I let it, oh, I'll take care of it. I'll save, I'll save the day here. Don't, don't you worry. I'll take on the burden. And then my IAD fell out. Right. And, um, yeah, that vasectomy conversation changed really fast <laughs> after, after an abortion. So I was kind of, we were forced into facing the reality of what it meant to get pregnant after you were done having kids. Yeah. Um, but it's a big it's a big piece of intimacy in, in relationships. Like what could intimacy look like if we had more security and less, I, I mean, the burden is just, <laughs> it, it's a burden and a blessing, right? Like it's a blessing when we want it and it's a burden when we don't. And Absolutely. So I can... How much does that affect our intimacy and our pleasure? Mm-hmm. So yeah. much. So much. And it comes back to that we are all our own. We, we have these bodies that we occupy as women. And how can we take greater responsibility, control, and delight in cultivating pleasure within ourselves? Yeah. Um, you know, just to like <laughs> go off on that tangent without the, like, let's start there. Let's start yeah. tapping into the power and the pleasure for ourselves where we're kind of safe yep. in our own space to be able to create that for ourselves without the fear. Right. And, um, bumping up against, you know, am I here for him or am I going to get pregnant or, um, yeah, just to kind of, it's like an invitation, like, let's really go inward here. And I, you know, I teach my clients like how to feel on purpose. How, let's feel that pleasure on purpose in our own bodies mm-hmm. and really see where it's, where it is, where it lives in our bodies. Let's yeah. ask our bodies, what do you yeah. need me to see right now? Where do you, where do you conceive pleasure? Where do you conceive power? Where do you conceive misunderstanding? Where do you, con- you know, Anything that we feel is not, for the most part, right? There are, for the most part, is because it exists in us already. It's not happening outside of us. It's not because things are happening to us. The misunderstanding, so back to um, you mentioning what a lot of your clients feel and kind of referencing the article I wrote, is that the reason we feel misunderstood by anyone is because we're carrying that within ourselves. Mm. So how can we lean into that in ourselves and, and ask our bodies, these beautiful vessels, where's this misunderstanding in me and what mm-hmm. do you need me to know? 
What can you show yeah. me? Yeah, there's a, a, and let's just go into that in the last couple minutes here. Um, how does that misunderstanding contribute to the stigma around abortion and, and, our, and our resistance to really knowing and loving who we are as women with power and pleasure and the ability to conceive and create? Yes. Um, so if there's a listener who feels so misunderstood in her choice, mm -hmm. so denied of like being seen for the choice that she made, what can she do to heal that misunderstanding in herself or heal that like feeling of being misunderstood. Yeah. Ultimately, it all boils down to the fear that we are either not going to be loved anymore or that we're going to lose connection and not be able to share love with mm -hmm. somebody else. Mm -hmm. That if somebody misunderstands us and is judging us and pushing us away, that we're, that we are losing a connection mm. or that if we're judging ourselves and disconnecting from ourselves, it's because we don't think we're lovable and we're not worthy of even our own love. Mm. And so just, just to tap into where in yourself are you unwilling to move deeper into love and acceptance and connection. Where is the thread of knowing that the choice you made can actually expand more into that? Mm -hmm. um, it always starts with ourselves. And so if we can honor the decision we made and just remember the reason why and just, you know, yes, I'm like, as I'm venturing into this little light at the center of me that just made this choice because there was something else. There was something bigger. There's, there's something that I want to do that I want to put my energy into. There's something else I want to conceive. And while you're venturing into that light, you're going to pass by guilt. You're going to pass by shame. You're going to pass by misunderstood. And they all get to be there. In fact, bring them along with you. Right. Bring them into the light. Let them come along and expand. And what's on the under, other side of those difficult emotions? What do they get to transform into while you remember the love that you have for yourself and the reason why you made this choice? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say three months after my abortion, if someone had called me a murderer or a baby killer, or some expression of the devil, <laughs> I would have taken that to heart. And I would have felt that in a way that was so personal and so painful. And it would have been from this essence of like, they don't understand me. They're not seeing what really happened. Um, and once 
the more and more clear I became about my own choice and my own power, it didn't matter. Like I, I literally have no reaction when someone calls me a baby killer now. I'm like, and <laughs> let me introduce you to my podcast. <laughs> and but what about first, mm-hmm. yeah, at first that was like, no, 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 you don't understand me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're missing it. You're not yeah. seeing. Yes. And that hurts. Yeah. But it, it was my hurt. need to prove it that hurt. It wasn't, it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was my own need to like defend myself or like prove that I made the right choice. That was what hurt, not their words. Their yeah. words were just words. Yeah. Absolutely. What powerful work. Yeah. I love what you said about the fears and misunderstanding are not being loved or not being able to share love. Mm-hmm. And that I, I don't think I really heard, like thought about it that way, but that came up for me in um, a fear exercise I was doing recently where I was like, mm-hmm. I have so much fear of not being able to show my love to the world to like give what it give this knowing that I have to the world. Mm -hmm. Like what if they don't trust me to receive what I have to offer? Because what I have to offer is so powerful, but like my fear of not being able to share my truth was so much bigger than my fear of not being loved. It was my fear of not being able to give love. That was like terrifying me. I just yeah. love the way you said that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, Sarah, you definitely have a radical mind. So mm-hmm. people can find you at theradicalmind.com. Yes. Where else can they find you? Or is um, that the best place to? That's my website. That's super fun. There's a podcast page there. So they can link to all my podcasts, which yep. is also The Radical Mind can be found on Apple iTunes. Is that right? ITunes. I know I call it iTunes all the time, Apple, but I think it's Apple podcast, Apple podcast. Um, I'm on Facebook, Sarah Trapkis or my business page, life coach, yep. Sarah Trapkis. I have an Instagram account, um, that I, you know, bounce dabbling. Out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a great remembering phase right now, bouncing, surrendering and cultivating power without really utilizing that masculine energy that um, is, is being ushered out right now. And so I'm sitting in my own feminine divinity. And um, so there's a, there's an inward for sure right now. So, but I'm doing my podcasts, writing my newsletters and working with clients. That's a lot of outward for someone who's doing inward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those are the things that but I like, love that. That's proof that, you know, you can do both at the same time. Absolutely. Well, so, I, what I which think, is the magic. Yes. If, as long as you're just doing the things that are a big F yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's not like any shoulds or have yeah. tos about it, then we're totally, good. that's the, that's the feminine flow that we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say like, as like, I just want to, I just feel like this wants to come out right now for your listeners is that we are bombarded in our society that thinking that being a good woman and being a good 
mother and a nurturer and have, and like embodying that feminine energy means having children. Yeah. And I, and I just want to say like, no, right now in the world, what that means is just fully embodying your power and making decisions from that center place of who you are and who you see yourself becoming and conceiving of yourself in a new way and then moving into it. Mm. And I know that you support this 100%. That's your work in the world. That's my work in the world. And there's many, many other guides and coaches that support this work in the world. So no one should be without. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Mm. Thank you so much. So, so good to talk to you. Of a whole page of notes, deliciousness. <laughs> and I'll link to that article and all your stuff. And um, I'm excited to keep growing and evolving with you. Yeah, I love this connection. Yay. I look forward to talking to you again. Soon. Thank you so much. Bye, love. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice 